0: But they used to be they used to be employed by the uh the escapist and the escapist was owned by some other bigger company the bigger company said we're not we're not uh profitable enough so they told the escapist uh fire this person and they fired hey, shakes, someone yeah you, you've yep. got a red dot on your forehead you should probably duck. yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> and they, they they told him hey fire fire this person
1: game begin
2: This Jesus is the Mystery Christ.
0: Gaming
3: Bros, and it looks like it's the end of gaming. Hurry up and get to the bunker. Oh, it's over guys. For the love of god. First they're going to love gobble love up me. all the independent game companies. Then yeah. they're going to turn them into microtransaction farms. Oh my god. Go Hurry, Jesus I'm closing Bruce, the bunker
2: wait. doors. No, best. The door. Hurry up guys.
1: Hold the door. Oh, oh, God. God. oh no! Oh no! I'm oh, glad
0: God. that this
3: matter ends. Oh no! Well, we may be alive, but gaming is dead. How are you guys feeling about it? What will we
1: do now?
0: I actually don't know what you're talking about, but go on.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just—I'm uh, just going just to fall back on the old classics that I've always been playing. Well, gaming you saw, you saw the disaster like, like, going out ending- there
0: i'm sorry gaming is dead what kind of headline is that who's pushing this nonsense well i'll tell you
3: about it i'll tell you about it soon um but first i'm going to start with this uh video um, about why d4 players will hate last epoch it's like a bit of a comedy video that's gone viral on the internet has uh basically yeah uh spread the news about last epoch to everyone. And it's uh, had such a successful launch that they had severe server problems. So yeah, and it was largely because of this video. So we're going to watch it together. Uh, You you can enable sound for it, because a lot of other YouTubers have
1: commentated over this video. So we might as well do it too. And play. No clue what it is. This is going to be a fresh watch for I think me and Shakes. Cool.
0: Yep. Let's
4: Diablo Four Superfans, be warned. So I on February twenty first, last week we'll officially launch, uh, and you, you know, are going to Diablo
0: style, yes. This game. video is for and us Diablo
4: Four enthusiasts, who the believe Diablo Four is the perfect AR that in it is every way. Absolutely, um, no has issues. been a year of if you are not one of these people i don't want to say the word piracy like Epoch, out and out i suggest like you games stop that are watching like, this hey, video right we see these games that have been super
0: you. popular but they've okay, been following it those in for like are the last gone, however long us, period of time and we're going we to make that game that into you already have we're going to make it better we saw that with first of many reasons you're going to hate we saw with world is its press and we've seen it with only 35 dollars for the
4: full game what a stupid number am I right I know I'm not going to enjoy myself unless the game is at least seven dollars and there's like, hey, no like, 100 hundred dollar early better. access version like and come on we guys are you even trying access here access and get out, this and they're going to keep updating the game and won't charge for DLC and expansions the fans what they want. this is awful it's such a bad idea Diablo 4 is going to have an expansion every year and I know right, after this cool. year's experience yeah, playing I can't this actual game and this is essentially I can't wait just to to moving on another 70 for the expansion. already established genre The next thing better, making an this is, is just the natural progression of things in my yes. opinion Yes I said skill you know, tree because yeah, really um, of more there's, than there's the, than the passive come and a better skill tree for every single skill in the game Yeah check this out what is absolutely stupid idea and tree, no, a waste of time let We've me show you an example side-by-side side using Tommy. Fireball. Check out the, the one. Check out the skill tree, tree. for fireball. fireball. And its skill tree section. So oh, freaking yeah. clean. Check out that skill and tree let's look at our four. options here. We can either oh, do more oh, wow. damage with Fireball, tree. or over here, we can do more crit damage with Fireball. Whoa, Thank you, Christ. Blizzard, for giving us what we want. Meaningful, game-changing choices in a skill tree. Now, let's look over here at this abomination of a skill tree for Last Epoch's Fireball. Oh, I guess. The you. options it we terrible. have to augment Fireball here yeah. are no, this whole turning thing it is into an ability terrible. where we can shoot multiple Fireballs in a cone. Or turn it into a plasma ball that does more damage. Why would you, want more, <laughs> or
0: Why would you want more more feature
4: Yeah, or I am Or right. it into a flamethrower. We, I mean, we, we can even we combine these together to and this. have a plasma we'll thrower that explodes. That's too many I choices. I I I'm getting too overwhelmed to from all these options. Me. Yeah. I think you can all see what a major waste of time all these options are we actually well, want in an arpg like they having a system to that locks here. skill points behind finding over 150 random statues 150 or having a world boss but make, make sure statue. it's on a three-hour timer so what we can kind of all make sure we're there to kill Just it or dungeon where you need to pick up an idol a but you need three yeah. of them to open it the door it sounds like you a can't um, hold more than 3d one, platform so collectible at that point ah yes the good old days propaganda speaking of being overwhelmed let's talk stash tabs oh yeah again diablo 4 has the perfect amount of them five maybe six okay i really don't know whoever uses that many tabs right guys yeah, this is where i almost threw up in my mouth when i heard in last epoch you can have over 100 stash tabs what even oh. is that do you oh. think we're stupid and don't know how to manage our stash well i think you're stupid last epoch, for not nuts. even making these yeah. purchasable with real money you just buy them with in-game gold Come on, you got to have at least some pay for convenience I, or that? pay for power, but you said you won't. I worked hard to spend my money on the game be? that I've already spent. Okay, okay, before I keep yeah, going. I think of the money that lazy people that they could be in Diablo 4 we have, we have five classes. All we need is five to I know, like tests, I mean for how each am I, class how, how, how and players will leave it for respect the game if it's, it's not us bending me over for choices of what items we can keep. Sometimes I spend hours just going through all the crunch of every dollar spent. What I need to remove some of the most meaningful moments I've ever had in Diablo were just me staring at my items in my stash okay, I really thought or you even inventory like that one deciding if I should I keep a restraint. weapon with more damage to healthy enemies <laughs> That would have been or a good another one. I didn't weapon think about that. with more damage to slowed enemies. You know what? This brings me to my next point on why us Diablo 4 superfans will absolutely hate Last Epoch. Uh, and that's because they have a loot filter. What? Why would you filter? want to pick up less loot? And why would I want to only see items I need? Do they think we're not smart enough to make loot decisions on our own? No, that can't be it. Us Diablo 4 purists are the smartest out of any ARPG player out there. We don't need to be able to filter out white and blue items. We don't need to be able to color grade gear that drops based on having stats like plus minion damage. They don't even know how much fun we have spending countless minutes sorting through a whole inventory of items, <laughs> oh carefully God, looking dude. at all the stats to see what may be an upgrade after every dungeon run. Dude,
2: oh my God. satire is gonna break. All this talk yeah.
4: about a full inventory of yellow items is really make me want to well, stop making this video, video right now and get back to my perfect Diablo 4. But before I do, I have two more reasons why you're going to hate Last Epoch. One of which is the crafting system. In our exquisite game, Diablo 4, we can choose one stat to re-roll, where it gives you a random new stat. Last Epoch wow. has so many crafting options, I'm only gonna tell you a few of my favorites. I mean, I mean least favorites, least favorites. <laughs> the first is being able to put they the lucky you want it, onto a piece of gear. You want fire damage? You can add fire damage. You can transform an item into a unique or set item. Yes, there are sets in the game. How ridiculous. This last part about crafting, I'm sure you will all hate. Uh, and that's the ability man. to craft a powerful weapon on your like, high level character, and give series. it to your low level character to I make completely it. overpowered it, and like, able to breeze through the early game, it. destroying everything inside of the like, yeah, so silly. As don't they know this, killing hordes of like, enemies it, super fast is not fun at all? Give me, me my four damage off, Diablo 4 Druid any day, because we are real gamers.
0: Now for my final, and possibly
4: most despised reason. Us Diablo like 4 devotees like an will actual, hate Last uh, Epoch, a, and it's endgame. They have game three endgame activities, unto like it's the a first being game. dungeons, where you'll be able to target farm rewards and have varying levels of difficulty. Then they have the Monolith of Fate, which has so much depth to it, but I'm going to keep things short because I really got to get to my inventory full of yellows. It consists of a huge branching mapping system, with endgame rewards, modifiers, and bosses, with the challenge and rewards increasing with its difficulty the further you go. There's a whole lot more to Monoliths, but who wants to go over the endgame systems to that extent? I do, and I'll probably make another video about this soon. Then finally, (laughs) we have the Arena. There are two modes. One is the Arena of Champions, with a set number of waves followed by a boss. Each wave, you can increase the difficulty with a modifier which increases your reward at the end. Then there is the Endless Arena. That's just and here's design. where I feel the developers of Last Epoch are either aliens or working for the Illuminati because this Endless Arena has a ladder system, a you fully functional active nadi. ladder system. A little guys, guys, Last Epoch oh, is a small company. A so considering it is taking Blizzard months to launch a ladder system, and this game will have it on launch, I am sure there's either some supernatural so or future technology at like play here, and we should just not like, trust. I would love to think okay. That some so for those of you still like, here and are sure you'll hate Last Epoch, the stop watching the now. You, you want to know the best sure part? It's just—it's going to be okay, a whole, scary.
1: yeah. It's going to be a whole bunch okay, of smaller so groups vying for here, the wheel. I assume you actually
4: Last Epoch on February No one person, no one group is in control. It's just a whole bunch of hands vying for the wheel. Nobody's in control. Have a good one. So Daenerys was right. We just got to nuke everything.
1: I mean, nuke everything that isn't the states. will be fine.
4: All right, so and, you know,
1: Australian brothers.
3: So yeah, uh, th- right. this guy's just become like a really viral channel on YouTube from that video, and he's, con- you know, he's like, yeah, probably making a lot of money now from making that viral video. And yeah, I just I, thought that I was really how interesting.
0: That, I can see how something like that would get under your skin but I don't really care about YouTube metrics because I don't I don't I'm not a YouTube person yeah. like I'm not, well, I'm, not I'm not a YouTube producer but I, I I understand like your your take on that my take on it is that like I've looked at all the Diablo games from Diablo 2 three and then four and being like, wow, that's some improved graphics for what essentially looks like the same game to me and I'm sure there were differences between the versions that matter to the people who played it but to me it always looked like ah no i'm not really i'm not really well, interested in that the, the difference here, is
3: is that uh diablo 4 is actually worse than diablo 2 at this point
0: I, you know what <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of game series you can point at and say that x number is worse than the one that came before it there are there are several that are like that and i'm sure diablo 4 is no exception i i, I don't even have to play it to say yeah you're probably right because that just seems to be the name of the game. you got, like, the big game companies that have gotten, you know, fat on the throne and lazy and just phoning it in, but in producing a, you know, subpar product, and you've got these up-and-comers who are just making something that is of the similar genre, but you get these hungry developers who are have their thumb on the pulse of what the game player base wants, and they're making these games that people want to play. And you've got, you know, a couple of... Immediate viral successes of 2024. You know, you've you've got Last Epoch, which I've seen so many people playing. You've got Hell Divers. You've got Pal world You know, Pal World is like the big freaking poster child right now of like you know uh David and Goliath, where you've got this little, you know, I I don't even know how many people they had. I guess like a dozen people developing the game going up against a set. Well, was essentially a multi billion dollar corporation of Nintendo and Game Freak making Pokemon and they 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 just came out swaying for the fences and everyone loved what they were selling
1: yeah cool uh cash did you want to bring up that meme i sent you i sent you a meme let's see i did not see the meme but let me go ahead and see it now oh got a meme apparently so we have a meme in the chat
0: let's see the meme
1: indie devs make the games what we want?
0: That's the Willy but, Wonka thing?
3: Yeah, yeah. You guys heard about Isn't what happened with that? Yeah,
1: I
0: heard no, about that. No, I didn't know, uh, actually. Is... I saw, oh, I this saw is a little this... sneak up, but that was it. This meme's going to be a hit or miss, but yes, that's That's pretty much what it is.
3: Yeah, so, so I, the so Willy, Willy Wonka, Wonka experience is where um, like a large company tried to make like this scam completely out of AI art, and they tried to fool people into oh. thinking it was like this real event of like a charlie and the chocolate factory
1: thing anyway i just thought that was uh, like. Right, come on like cool, i, I gotta have more more information than that like i have that tells me nothing yeah um what happened what happened
3: well uh yeah so these guys they tried to make this uh experience <laughs> oh i
1: don't know okay okay
3: like, um, okay. So basically indie ge- indie devs are making much better games than um the AI generated slop that um yeah, uh billion dollar companies are making, whether they be movies or video games. Um Yeah, I, Listen, I guess that's here's it. the thing.
0: Rocky Rocky two taught us this lesson back in the eighties. All right, if you get fat and lazy at the top of the on on the throne with the crown. There's going to be someone who is young, hungry, and ambitious coming after you because they've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. And right. that is—that's a hard lesson for all these game corporations to learn. Is that, you know, if you're, if if you're if you if you're on the throne, you cannot get lazy because someone is going to come for your crown. And Pokemon has been laying in their laurels for the last. 25 years not innovating not really i mean like when we had legends of Arceus, that was that was like the biggest innovation they've had for the whole game series ever and that was what in 2016 2017 no it was later probably even further than that honestly could
3: could you mute that uh cash we'll we'll go into wallpaper engine a little later um
1: Oh, I'm just putting up something in the background so we can have you know a few uh, yeah a few just, little things yeah. going on.
0: But like, I think the 2024 is the year that is teaching the lesson that if you're at the top, you can't get complacent just because you got there. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to stay there because there are plenty of hungry developers who can do more with less. And you got you got too big, you got too bloated as a company, and you're like a, you're like a great big battleship. You know, you're, you're, yeah, you're you're terrifying and all that, and you can do a lot of damage. But all it takes is one little nimble t- uh, submarine with a torpedo, and you, you get sunk.
1: Isn't Isn't Hell Divers Two also uh, not necessarily a large studio, if I remember correctly? No, it's not. Like... It is
0: not it's at not all. Right. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. I, did, I, I could spend the next hour and a half talking about Helldivers, so you just let me know when you want to open up that can.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. First, I just I want to remember. go into uh, the reason why I had that dramatic uh, intro. Uh, th- this is, um, yeah, a headline that's going around lately. Uh, major companies, EA, Blizzard, and Bethesda cutting 10% of their employees, uh, 900 people in the case of Blizzard. Okay, so that's just what I wrote down, but here's an actual quote. In the first six weeks of 2024, the industry has announced more than 6,000 job cuts, according to Kotaku Telly, already outplacing a brutal layoff year in 2023. That includes 1,900 jobs from Microsoft's gaming division, just months after its $69 billion acquisition of publisher Activision Blizzard on the 15th of Feb 2024. Uh, So... Um, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about how, um, you know, these AAA co- uh, companies are kind of panicking and just uh, laying off huge uh, portions of their workforce. They're making crappy games. And, um, yeah, there's oh, a lot yeah. of fear mongering going uh, around about how, uh, yeah, the yeah, well, they're, they're saying okay, that yeah, there's yeah. going to be a be... video game crash of 2024 at this rate.
0: All right, so the, it, it is fear-mongering. It's being done so on the part of the news media and the social media outlets that are trying to get sensational headlines for you to click on them. Yeah. Um, the reality is a lot less exciting. Um, if you've been following The Second Wind, which is uh, Yahtzee Kroshaw's, uh, you know, second... Uh, I'm asking a mystery. Have you been following The Second Wind? Uh, uh no i do i have all right so like if you know zero punctuation that show with yahtzee Croshaw, which i'm surprised you don't being an aussie yourself um what happened was uh yahtzee Croshaw is like the most well-known video game reviewer on the internet so this is really really in your wheelhouse and i'm surprised this has escaped your radar
3: but, mm, I guess I watch too um, much American stuff.
0: All right. So anyways, they explain it really well when this sort of stuff happens. When you look at, you know, the fourth quarter, you know, uh uh October, November, December of the fiscal year, you have these companies that are like, "All right, did we make these per- particular projections for our shareholders to do whatever?" And if they don't and then they say okay well we need to but well, we need to pick up these margins to say that we did make enough profits and they can do it in two ways either by selling more stuff or by cutting costs and one of the things that they can do by cutting costs is to just take assets and sell them off and widen that margin it's a really dick thing to do because what it does is it ends up laying off entire departments or companies but uh, zero punctuation uh, well, a... what I've
3: heard is that they usually end up just uh, rehiring those roles six months later when they realize they actually need them.
0: Well, They've like, yeah. cut off I mean, their that's... own
3: foot and then they're trying to sew the foot back on.
0: Yeah, so there is a lot of that that happens. But like, the problem, the problem you run into is that when you start dealing with stuff at the corporate level, you're so high up on the hierarchy that you're in the upper atmosphere and there's not enough oxygen. And you lose Yeah, sight I don't think any forward. of
3: them are gamers up there. They're just business people.
0: No, but you have to remember, now listen, all of us, you, me, all of our listeners, we have to remember that making video games is a business. That's what the the producers are there for. That's what the distributors, the publishers, they are in that business to make money. Now, someone at some point was making a video game because it's art, because it's something that means a lot to them. But in order to get involved with a publisher, with a producer, with a distributor... Those people are in it to make the money and it's a business and it is a business and you, we can't forget that. So when they start making business decisions, even if they're misguided and bad, even if they're bad for business, they're going to be especially bad for the art. The problem is that, you know, like you've got the art side of things and the business side of things, and they're never going to see eye to eye, even when things are going well. Um, so when we look at all these layoffs that happen in January, February, it's a result of decisions that were made in fourth quarter back in October, November, December, when they weren't making their numbers and then they had to make these, you know, margins wide enough to make their shareholders happy because these are publicly traded companies. And it's all a very messy, complicated topic. And it just it sucks. But it's it's never the end of gaming because the simple matter is that like you could have these big companies fail and there are gonna be a hundred scrappy companies who can do it better more efficiently with better hardware with, with yeah i'm more sure technology. i'm
3: sure bureaucracy uh you know causes a lot of uh confusion but it's it's
0: it's especially it's, it's especially, it past- it's especially okay. prevalent in the technology world like where you're making video games where you can have these 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 younger people come up and replace the old so much faster like a dozen times in a generation as opposed to the old you know, the old guard of like, you had to wait for the old politicians to die before the new policies could come in. With technology, you have people who are young, who know how to do these things younger, better. The video game making industry is more nimble and faster. It changes. It's just as fast as the social media around it. Uh, and so you've got these big, you know, old guard companies that are a quote unquote failing, but they need to. The, the, the young need to consume the old, especially in the technology sector.
3: Yeah, um, so Cash, did you just I want have... to go to YouTube now? Uh, sure. Was... I'm
1: looking at... A, we, uh, we, we don't
3: YouTube. want you to accidentally uh, reveal your porn to us like uh, some streamers have done oh, lately. Don't worry,
1: already, <laughs> I've already turned off all the uh, a mature ratings, so we're Gucci on that front. <laughs> cool. But what I will say is, you know, I just looked up this uh, video or this... Uh, I was looking around a little bit. I found this uh, this uh, article from Polygon from January 3rd, and it's just looking into a few of the games that are going to be indie games coming out in 2024 and some things that people are going to be looking forward to. You know, okay. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I haven't. Indica, uh, Locomotive, Open Roads, or Chasing the Unseen. This one's actually one that I haven't seen, but it does seem pretty interesting to me. It just seems, uh, I don't know, I like Open Worlds, or not Open world, like a sea-based kind of... Uh, find the baddie find the monster i guess you can say like for this one, it's colossal creatures that seems pretty cool to me uh, i always like those kind of sounds uh, a bit like that. Kind shadows
3: of, of the colossus i mean that that's probably an uh you know game that they should remake shadows of the colossus um because when it was made well, it, technology was pretty limited then but imagine what sort
0: well, of uh, it, huge uh,
1: monster games they could make now
0: they remade shadow of the colossus for the playstation
3: 3. oh okay
1: that actually reminds me of, um, goodness gracious, what was that one game that came out? Elden Ring. That reminds me of Elden Ring where you're fighting these giant mythical monsters. That's yeah, I haven't that, played that, to Elden me, Ring what I'm thinking of, you know. I thought it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Maybe, I maybe I will,
3: fun. uh, now that this expansion has come out, but yeah, I'm pretty limited for money. So, uh, yeah, I'd have to, like, either get it by illegitimate means or just stick to kind of. Wait, hold on, they,
0: made place,
3: they made Shadow of the, on the
0: PS4. I guess so. Man, I mean I I still have the original disc of my original PlayStation 2 to play Shadow of the Classes and like the gameplay on that was just amazing.
1: Cool. I've never even seen it. So this is my first uh this is my first intro to it, I guess you could say. Should we put on the uh sound? Should we leave with sound on uh, or do you just, think no, could...
3: just leave it off because uh I mean, uh, I recognize I, we you. could get copyright struck if, um, you know, we put the wrong audio in. That the the last epop video is okay because everyone else is, uh, I I think yeah, they're not gonna copyright strike people that are making that video uh, viral. Yeah, it, it's basically just a game about you, um, like literally climbing up monsters to stab them in their weak spots and stuff. And, yeah, it's sort of like a whole parkour challenge when it comes to finding a way to beat these giant monsters.
0: Dude, the freaking the yeah, turtle episode. The, the, the turtle like one. Ad. I don't know the order they happen in, but oh, yeah. that's number two. That's number four.
1: trying to murder a human. Yeah, exactly. Literally- I mean, All you've
3: got is, like, a little tiny sword. That would be, like, a toothpick. Yeah, word. but,
0: no, you have to just remember that you're a bee, and these things are allergic to bee stings. <laughs>
1: All right, you know, I like that analogy better because you know, some humans die from bee stings, that's happened before, so it's like, yeah, you know what, fair enough, fair enough. And I think, I think it's a
0: full this is a a little off topic, but like, if you think that you are too small as an individual to make an impact on the world, try leaving a mosquito in your bedroom when you go to bed at night. No, I'm (laughs) saying, try, try leaving a mosquito in your bedroom at night.
3: Oh yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna screw you up. You're gonna you'd be covered in uh in hives by the time you wake up, or whatever they are, mosquito bites. Right, but the point is mosquito the bites.
1: point
0: is you can anyone can make a difference.
1: Yeah negative or positive because a stupid mosquito is negative impacting. No, but
0: that's that's all right, that's not that's not the yeah. point of the
1: thought <laughs> I'm of the with you. I'm screwing with you, I know. I'm, no, I'm no.
0: saying you can you can make a uh a a you can make a, a difference for the positive. I mean, I, I think that
3: depends. I think in some cases you need a lot of little people to um take out a giant.
0: That definitely helps, but yeah. like I mean, just the point but I was getting like, is that you like can you can make a difference for the positive or the negative. It's a lot easier to make a negative impact. That's why, like, when you watch Star Wars, they talk about how the dark side isn't more isn't more powerful, but it's easier. It's more seductive, and like if you look at. And I, I'm not trying to take this to a political place, but like when you look at like how how many people you've got that are uh, you know like doing like school shootings and whatnot, I think that it comes back to a a sense of a lack of agency where people feel like they can't make a difference in their life. Well, because, I, only cowards know, they,
3: use guns, in my opinion. <laughs> that's just. Uh,
1: I highly disagree with that one. Well, that, that's because I'm Australian. I- we,
3: we don't like guns here, so. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, but going into a little bit of a political place i think um if you want a strike or a union to uh succeed you're going to need lots of people
2: uh
3: yeah yeah.
0: no and that's just it it's like it's, it's not having having good opinions having better opinions is nice but like having a lot of people agree with you is better
1: Yeah. Um, In terms of i mean back. that just makes that easier that just makes it easier also to to you know hold that opinion it's easier to agree with the mob than it is to disagree with the mob though sometimes you do yeah. need to give people what's you know what's right for them instead of what's easier for them you know it's it's much easier to say oh yeah go ahead take that drug what's the problem than it is to say hey yeah you know this is really going to screw up your life just so you know all like, right this so, is really hold on. This
0: is, i take a big issue with the DARE program because like one of the things that they taught me is that Oh yeah, when I was in like the 5th grade, 6th grade, they were like, "Oh, if, yeah, when when you when you become a grown up, there's going to be people on the streets that are going to be offering you drugs." And I'm like, "I have been I've never had that happen to me." That, no, never. I've never had a stranger say like, "Hey, you want some free drugs?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I I no, have I've, I've, I've had a woman get...
3: ask me on the street once if if, if she could give me a blowjob job for $50. That's <laughs> so, Did you didn't did have
1: that? That, that, that was the one thing that I did have. It was when I was over vacationing in Japan. And this chick came up. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm from Los Angeles. I need money. How about we go to my hotel room? $60 is like something about this just don't seem right. This seems like a whole setup. Well, yeah,
3: something. the, the woman that weird. asked me, she, she was like missing teeth and stuff and was clearly a
0: meth addict. So. Well,
1: was she like don't a thanks. lizard lot? All right.
0: Or I'm just saying, lizard? though, if a girl has no teeth, it's probably I mean, amazing.
1: Chase a good <laughs> point there like the no teeth means no you know no biting down like mm. That's something to think about Well that's it was more like jagged yet.
3: jagged teeth and like you know some teeth
1: Oh, oh. Nope I'm a nope not, right yeah, out of there
3: Nope
1: <laughs> Yeah no I do not I do not, not need right. a mimic going down on me
3: Anyway before Anyways. before this gets demonetized um maybe we should uh <laughs> maybe we should get some video game violence going with uh, hell dog you,
1: too uh, what is this that you sent me real quick? I, I saw this in the chat. Uh, Second Wind uh, yeah. shakes. Do you wanna, like Which one of these do you think uh, represent? is more representative of what you wanted to send?
0: I like well, paying you to get you into the channel here, but I sent that to Mystery because the Second Wind is, this is Yahtzee Kroshaw's, uh pack of people who he worked with when he was doing zero punctuation, which I it blows my mind that you don't know what zero punctuation is. Either. I have heard,
3: I have heard that before, but I'm not really sure what it is.
1: I have right. never heard of them. Okay, this is my just, first introduction to them, so blow my mind. Okay,
0: no, no, all right. So, oh my god! So he does these animated videos talking about we're doing video game reviews. He's been doing it since freaking Bioshock came out. Ugh. And so, there's a whole group of people. And like if you like the Chronicle link right there, uh, the the eighth one there where it says Chronicle with Frost. Like he used to do a series called The Stuff of Legends. And his series of talking about like these things that have happened in the video game world where it either happened in a video game or it was a meta thing that happened. Um, he tells these like bedtime story style games and I'm like, just play the audio. His his voice is just liquid sex. All
1: right,
4: let's hear it. Let's hear it. Hacker leaks Grand Theft Auto oh, 6 it is. 100%. under police custody. 100%. Oh, oh That's practically school. sells itself. Hacker is such an aloof and sexy term, thanks to Hollywood's glamorization of hot men smoldering
2: at eight monitors with varying looks of triumph and hey, disappointment as they click clack away on the about, keyboard and garble verbal uh, tech drama jargon. Fuck! I disarticulated the Ethernet cable from the jack with the frame of my chosen seating apparatus again. Yeah,
1: I mean, I see this one. GTA be a 6 leak to using to an Amazon Fire stick government. Amazon TV stick. All
2: right, so pause, pause, pause. Of I, I don't
0: want to spoil it because it's really this is a fantastic story where a Hacker leaked GTA Six using an Amazon Fire Stick from a hotel room, and it's a, an amazing story. And he's got a whole bunch of other ones. And yeah, so here's the thing: I would say go back and watch his old stuff, but his old stuff is owned by um, the Escapist, which is their previously owned comp- company that owned them. And we, I'm trying not to patron them. I'm not saying boycott them, but Boycott them because <laughs> that, they that fired. All these... <laughs> I would. I would, I would <laughs> say, listen. I would tell you to uh, look the into the origin of the, oh, the wind. By some other bigger company, um, then, then the bigger company learn, said like, we're, not, we're not we're uh, not profitable enough. So they told the uh fire this person, and they fired hey, shake, someone. You, you've yep. got a
3: red dot on your forehead. You should probably duck.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, they they told him, hey, fire fire this person, and they fired that person. And then all the people who worked for that person were like, well, screw it. If you're going to fire him, we're all quitting. Which included Yahtzee Krosha, uh, which who did, who did uh, Zero Punctuation. And Zero Punctuation was the flagship program for the Escapist. So he left, and everyone else just went with him. And I'm not saying, I'm not telling anyone to go and attack the escapists. There's still people who work there. They're human beings. Don't, don't harass them. But... They all left in solidarity with the with the person who had gotten fired, and so they created the Second Wind, and they've been wildly successful. They are they do not have any kind of corporate ownership. They are entirely crowdfunded by their Patreon, and I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to sell their Patreon. I don't get any kickbacks for doing this shit. I'm just saying <laughs> that that they they don't answer to anyone except their own creative selves, and all their money that they make they go go straight into producing what they do and they have been prolific with the content that they've been making in the last two months so cool. if they do um, want to sponsor
1: us they, uh, that that'd seems, be great i was gonna say and that seems like kind of that seems like the kind of place that you'd want to go and support like it's not like these people were all fired and you know out of spite they made this one person was I let go and of solidarity the rest followed you know it's it's that's the kind of situation where you're just like all right you know what yeah i can get behind them i can get behind this
0: yeah, and the problem is that like the, it, was a, it was a corporate decision. It wasn't even made by the escapists themselves. It was the people above them who told the escapists, hey, you need to fire this person. I, and, and I'm really, there, there's a lot of nuance to this story. It's worth everyone going in and like researching what happened themselves because it really is an important story that needs to be known about how these sort of decisions get made in a lot of companies and not just the video game ones. Uh, because these sort of the story is happening all over the world, all the time, every year. Um, but these guys had decided, hey, we're going to make this thing. And if you want to try to support us, this is a this is literally it's a we're trying to get our second wind, like in the middle of a fight, because they were fighting for their very existence. And they asked for a handful of people to try to support them, and they got so much support, like they got hundreds of thousands of people supporting them. It was it was amazing, and so because of that, they were able to produce tons of content, and that's exactly what they've done, and that's why I think that they uh, they deserve the support that they're getting. All right, cool. Hopefully,
3: they can sponsor us.
1: I think everyone's gonna appreciate the still that we've been we've been you know relaxing on and waiting on here.
0: Yeah, it's uh, oh, beautiful. Lawnmower Man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, everyone's gonna love it.
0: Uh, have you seen Lawnmower Man? Oh no, man, I
3: I saw it so long ago that um. I thought it was probably a kid.
0: Getting, when I saw it. Oh, not. I'm we, trying to remember the name of the, the, the actor who did it. It was uh, Pierce Brosnan. Right. Pierce Brosnan, before he ever became 007.
3: Yeah, I, I'm yeah, I'm he, so he, he was, old that I actually watched uh, the Lion King premiere in the cinema.
0: Don't tell me how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, getting to that age where it. I'm
3: starting to. Yeah. Feel feel like I'm, I'm at, a different generation.
0: I'm at that age people. now where I'm starting to say stuff like I'm at that age now. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. What was that one show that uh had that weird bird guy, if you guys remember that? Not the Brock show. Sesame Street. No oh, no, that's that's just Big Bird. That guy's scary. <laughs> but what's his face? What's his face? Goodness gracious, it's terrible animation. It reminds Wait, me of this. Our... Duckman? Ma-
0: Duck uh
1: not Duckman. Har- Duckman Harvey, Harvey Duckman.
0: Yeah, no, it was good. Freaking, no, uh, you
1: had. had was great. But it's specifically an Adult Swim show. It is, let's look, see if I can find duck? it. I'm looking at Adult Swim right now. It's not a duck. It's like some weird Indian guy. Not Indian, like from India. Weird. Xavier. Xavier Renegade. Oh, Asian.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with the duck what robot. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's what it reminds me of. Just looking at that, that's the first thing that pops into my head. This guy. Yes.
0: Yeah, like the little uh, polygon, kid. the low polygon
1: face. I had, I never knew what exactly to think when I when I would see this come on as a kid. I was like, "What the fuck?" As I was a like, kid, Jesus, Jesus. Christ! <laughs> You're still a kid, Cash.
0: Yeah, I mean, right. you got to remember, yeah, right, like, yeah, I grew yeah. up watching yeah, Ren probably. Stimpy back in like 1990. Oh yeah,
1: same. Fair enough, fair enough. You guys were there at the turn of the turn of the revolution, but you
0: know, no, let, um,
1: let you, me let me let I me mean, put this. Yeah, on.
0: Let me frame this for you. I remember the Challenger exploding.
1: God, you are old. <laughs>
3: yeah. So, I, I, I remember. Anyways, I remember 9/11. You
1: know, canonically, there's another universe out there where Big Bird did go on the Challenger and he did blow up. Just remember <laughs> that we could have lived in a worse universe. Oh, All man. right, you want
0: to feel old? There are there are kids now whose parents weren't born when 9/11 happened.
1: That is fact. That is yeah, very much fact. crazy. How do you feel? Oh, so, speaking,
0: speaking of, of Hell Divers, a... yeah.
1: <laughs> We're back to a super fun game.
0: Speaking
2: really of Hell Divers, really
1: should... well, actually, actually I'm sure you've got a lot recorded... to say about Hell Divers.
3: Yeah. but we'll probably just go um, reserve like for two hours fact, for you to talk about Hell Divers. Do you reckon that'll be enough?
0: No no because i want to go near back near. to playing it
4: this
0: is you have to understand this podcast is taking time away from me playing helldivers, playing
4: helldivers. So
0: all right i love this game. Here, like, here.
1: yeah here what about here oh, jesus christ uh, careful with this that audio
3: keep... yeah it's, oh, it's it's a personal oh, video there hasn't been a game that we've played in a
1: long time that has like this, this is we, a we personal want to video be video, out of here shakes talk about rip, it got oh time. i lowered i lowered it so shakes you go right ahead Let's just go ahead and show some of the craziness. This is the the level we've been playing on, and this is already out of date because we're playing on like Hell Diver level now. But
0: all right, let me let me give my personal experience with this game because as some as someone who is a veteran who has four actually four served four. in the actual military, I've played Medal of, of Honor, one. I've played Call of Duty, and they're fun oh my, games. Dead but like they still what feel like games to me. They feel like a parody of what the actual war experience was like. So so you're saying that this Whereas, is giving
3: you flashbacks. Put it down if you have it.
0: This this is the closest Increased. in terms of in terms of the Careful feeling. The of cash, they, this is the closest know. that I have ever felt in a game to the, the vibe summer, of a war zone where it's like it's you and up to three other people just just in the mess and it's it's really hard to describe the chaos of battle other than just like you're you're, you're looking you around and you're trying earlier. to figure out where the heck you're oh, even supposed to be going what what's yeah. and what's it called, uh, what's
2: it called? The, or, oh yeah that that reminds me of black out of four cool um, um you know they you talked
3: about how yeah and could you turn that down a bit um yeah yeah i tagged it yeah anyway in black out of four they were talking about how you know it's really hard to actually communicate and uh, hard to yeah, know what I you're mean, supposed to do.
0: Now, one of the strong points about this game is that, like, even if you're playing with people who don't have any audible communication, there's lots of ways that you can communicate with people. Like, in terms of like pinging things on the map, you can ping enemies in real time. And you're looking at them and say, oh, here, here's a big, big bug coming. And none of it requires any kind of a language uh, proficiency. So, like, if I'm working with someone who doesn't even understand English, I can just point at something paying it and they know oh hey there's an enemy coming you know mm. um but the sort of like you know um you know like delivering democracy or have a big cup of liberty uh, that's sort of like my country tis of the jingoism that happens it just it's got that, you know very on the nose like yes this is a parody kind of thing where as like with uh, Starship Troopers, the satire is a little bit more subtle. But like just being in the mess of like everything going wrong and everyone's dying around you, and like you're you're on your last clip and or, excuse me magazine, because let me don't you're gonna tell gonna you hate like for that one. You're gonna no, get I'm gonna get hate, hate for that one because if you call a magazine a clip, you're gonna get your pee-pee slapped. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, but like yeah. you're on bullets. your last magazine, and like you're counting shells, and you're you're checking, double checking it, and you're like, oh man, I've only got like three bullets left in this thing, and you you have to pick and choose your shots. You're falling back, and you're trying to you're you're calling in airstrikes and stuff, and there's just smoke everywhere. The environmental effects of it being at night with smoke, with fog or rain elements, there's so many ways that you're gonna lose visibility, and there's just a mess of like you trying to call in stuff, and it's just the, the it, it it captures the chaos of battle better than anything i've ever experienced cuz in every other game like you always feel like you're the hero you know like you you've got that you've got that main character
4: feeling of
0: like i'm the hero you know like i'm the hero i'm going to be the one leading the charge i'm gonna i'm gonna lead these boys into battle and but with this game here, it really beats you over the head with just how expendable you are. You're gonna go up against impossible arts and you're gonna get killed, and the person who comes in behind you to take your place is gonna be proud to be there in your shoes. Mm,
3: and yeah. I heard that there's a lot of uh like you know, it's an always online game because there's actual impacts that your fights are making on the on this galaxy.
0: Absolutely yeah um oh, yeah. there is there's a tremendous metagame for this where like there's actually websites dedicated to you like if i was at work and i couldn't play i could look at my phone i could check this app and see what the progress is on the galaxy map of like oh what we lost this planet or we recaptured this planet oh, and it matters a ton because you know it, it that, that's where you're when you get home in the evening like that's what you know you have to go back to like oh god we, we lost heath and now i gotta go back in there and, and recapture yeah. that you know like there are, there are players who get very attached to particular plants and say I like, I can't believe I can't even go to that plant anymore because it's been overrun.
3: Hmm. Um yeah that that sounds pretty cool and pretty um innovative. Uh, it, it really like is. Like if yeah, a game um, if a game's going to be always online it should be always online for an actual proper reason. Watch out, watch out, you
0: know? Yes. And, and the thing like is, reason. like you can you can you can actually you can actually watch the wall uh, the the tide of the enemy and and the uh, allies, you know, going back and forth, you know, overnight. Like when everyone goes to sleep at night, you know, you can see these the aliens, the the the, uh, the the bugs and the the machines taking back these planets because people aren't in the battle anymore, and the the enemy never sleeps and they're constantly taking back these these footholds that you know have been fought for for so long and like you can tell like during the week you know you lose so much of the galaxy because you've got a large player base that have to go to work during the day uh and then on the weekend yeah, we've what, what, what are they doing going,
3: going to work when when the hell right, divers right. two
1: universe is in trouble
0: yes yeah, so I mean, imagine you being have. cursed with gainful employment
1: yeah it's horrific i tell you horrible horrible just horrible, oh, horrible.
0: uh but oh. and plus, uh, uh, in addition to like it, it it gives you both of the extremes whereas like with with something like call of duty or medal of honor i feel like you get a very uh middle of the road experience where like yes you kind of feel like you're <laughs> the hero but you also feel like you're grounded very much in realism where yeah, you're going to shoot a gun and it's going to make some holes in a wall. Whereas with this game, like you're extremely expendable, but like you're a glass cannon where you can call in these orbital strikes. And all of a sudden, you look up and you see your 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 battleship up there in orbit, firing down these massive explosions that are just wiping out swaths of enemy. And it just gives you this thrill of power. Like you spent you spent the last you know 40 minutes feeling so fragile that like you could die from anything that attacks you. And then you just call down literal hell on these heads of your enemies, and you just watch these just mushroom clouds going up. Or you launch an ICBM across the map, and you see the shockwave from a nuclear blast just sweep across the battlefield. And yeah, you, know, you you just you 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 completed your mission, but now everything is just covered in fog and dust and smoke and fire and radioactive elements. And this is the, now this is the battlefield world that you're in now, where you know you've 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 changed the landscape. You, you call down these airstrikes and these bombs, and all of a sudden you get these craters you have to navigate now. And it's, it's just, it's a fantastic game. I was very, I was extremely skeptical when I first tried it, but I fell in love immediately with it because it's one of, one of my measures of a good game, of any game, and that's a video game or a board game. The, uh, my measure of a good game is a game that you can enjoy even when you're losing. And Helldivers absolutely nails it because there have been matches that I have played where things have gone completely wrong from the from the get-go. And everything is going terrible. We're, we're all dying. And everyone is just scraping by for just a single inch of progress. But it, like, and as frustrating and, and unnerving and, and, and anxiety-riddled as those sort of matches are, they never stop being... Fine. And that's rule zero of a video game.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And honestly, even once you start getting to those higher levels, you know, once you start getting to the higher um, difficulties, yeah, if you can still have fun while getting your ass reamed, you're right. That is the, basically the uh, basic mark of a good video game because no matter what, if you're having a great time with it, that's already time well spent. At the end of the day, yeah. that's how you have to get it. You know, if you're having a great time, it's like, perfect. That's time well spent. I basically yeah, am training my time for entertainment. Yeah,
3: I mean, you, you and, don't and, want to and, be playing like a game that, um you know, you're just face rolling over and you know, kicking its ass and it being no challenge. It's always uh, best when, when you have a lot of close calls and you get that adrenaline rush and that, you know, awesome feeling. Well, the thing is, like,
0: you've got you got three categories of games. You got games that aren't fun even when you're winning, and those are just bad games. And you get other games that are only fun when you're winning. And those are games, certainly. But, like, if if it's it's a PvP sort of thing, uh, then you're only going to be having fun half the time. You know? And the other half of the time, you're not having fun. Which is unfortunate. But that's how a lot of games are designed, where it's a zero-sum game of, you know, like, if you're, like, I don't. I'm not saying TF2 is like this, but like if you're playing a game like that where one team is just trouncing another team and they're having a fun time doing it because they can do all this stuff while they're doing it, and the other team is just having to suck it up for however long the match takes, then yes, it's half for it's fun for half the people. But with like Hell Divers, it's strictly a PVE game where it's you versus the environment. Anything that someone gains is your gain as well. If someone else picks up a treasure, like a sample or uh, or super credits that's for the whole team to enjoy so like your gain is my gain I'm not inc- I, I have no motivation to then undercut you and steal what you've won because that doesn't improve anything As a matter of fact it makes it worse because now I've made the game harder for all of us because we've reduced our overall survivability and mm. but the thing with Helldivers divers is that even when you're losing it's fun and it's hard to articulate how it does that but it definitely does because that's the spirit of it, where you feel where you feel like you're this expendable character. And when you go up these, against these impossible odds, it just feels very... It, it, it suits the vibe of the game, and it works.
3: Yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, it Definitely looks intriguing. Because Something that I'd probably no, like sure to try, we'll but those... uh,
1: I won't be able to afford it for a long time. There'll probably be I mean, new games those out by then. Higher, higher difficulties. <laughs> it really is just the chaos of it all. And, you know, being down a person really does piss you off because you're like, it doesn't piss you off, but, you know, it makes things that much harder. It really does because it's like, well, you know, we need all the firepower we can get. Uh, You remember those turtle-shelled ones, the ones that are giant, the ones that just appeared earlier in this video? Those become regular bosses. Once you get to the yeah. higher levels, those not regular well, boss, regular enemies, they just become regular. One of, enemies one of the that
0: things use. that one of the things that you'll run into as well is that when you've got you know other hell divers on your team, when you have a team of up to four players and they can call down these uh airstrikes of immense power, it, it eventually gets to the point where the threat isn't the bug in front of you, it's the guy behind you who could call an airstrike that happens to be where you be, are standing, and it becomes it, it's one oh, of yeah, where, I, I heard like, that there's a lot of friendly param- fire yeah which um I, I, I okay just
3: quickly i did play helldivers one way back in the day when you know because i'm that old and uh um it, it was like a top-down shooter you know where you know where you just like shooting uh, you know
0: 360 an It's an isometric twin stick but yes, yeah 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 i know what you mean
3: so yeah i i played that a fair bit with my friends and um yeah, a lot of a lot of it was about, you know, not accidentally shooting your teammates. And uh yeah, I found yeah. I found that pretty pretty interesting. And I guess it's the same here. Yeah. You've got to worry about, yeah, friendly fire and accidentally killing well, like, your was, teammates.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. a lot of games that are PvE focused, they have to allow for friendly fire to be the case because otherwise it would be too easy. Mm. um the same goes for like deep rock galactic for example there's friendly fire in that one um and there's a lot of things that you can do to mitigate that um there's like there's like there's like perks you can take to reduce the friendly fire effect which if i'm playing with anyone other than myself then i always take that for, for exactly that reason um how, how, are, how are the uh,
3: server issues going by the way like there, there was actually a time when um you know, they had to cap the little... amount of people that could play at once because of... Yeah,
1: it, it was it, more popular is, than is, I expected. Recently. They upgraded, apparently. Yeah. yeah,
0: they did upgrade. They did upgrade. It is still a little touch-and-go uh, just because I don't think... They, they obviously were not expecting the success that they've had. Like, there's been so many stories... Yeah, it's of, been uh, the same with Last Epoch, hey.
3: Like In Last Epoch... Last oh, Epoch, Power World,
0: they're... There, there are these, there are these massive successes for games that are, for for to to coin the phrase, cursed with success, and yeah. they weren't just not equipped to, to deal with it. Now, of course, these things will correct themselves with time. You know, they'll get more server racks. You know, with with all the capital that they gained uh, from you know the sales that they get. Um, of course, a lot of that comes back to the pay structure for how something like Steam works, where like you pay for a game, oh the game company doesn't necessarily get that until either like the end of the month or even the end of the quarter, and so like you know you have a game that's like making all this all these sales, you're like, hey, what the heck? Why are we not seeing you know more servers getting bought or whatever? It's because of things like that happening in the background where, you know, the producers of the game aren't you know getting that money until the end of a different time period like at the end of a month or the end of a quarter and then all of a sudden you have this big patch come out where hey now we can actually buy you know this thing or we can make this uh upgrade or, or expansion or we can handle all these players okay, and it's all got this like latency because of how the money moves around in the background
4: uh,
0: now hopefully with you know with hell divers they've got a quicker turnaround I mean obviously you, you notice how they were having these issues earlier and now it's March it's a new month and all of a sudden hey it's it's March 1st and everything's fixed it's it seems like oh wow it's like it's almost as if you know the calendar changing made a difference that's exactly what it was
1: all right um I
0: mean my understanding it's
1: also it it occurred before March like this this was we're talking about something mid to late February when these server issues were starting to get patched that's my that, that was my understanding of it because yeah. they, well, they reacted pretty quickly they reacted pretty quickly in that they were trying to get these server issues fixed and lo and yeah. behold they did
0: yeah so well, oftentimes it will happen and i don't i'm not intimate to the inner workings of how this particular company was operating but oftentimes you know you can go to a bank and say hey we need to get a loan why well we need to do this you know we need this money and we've made these sales this money that we've are going to get from steam for example is coming we so we can get this essentially what's about to a payday loan to you know make these changes now and they have to like they have to be laser quick in this industry to make these changes because yeah well, they're gonna they're
3: gonna them. have players get uh fed up and leave you know if they're yeah. not able
0: to play so yeah so they're you know they're end up having to turn around and pay interest uh, a short term interest on this of whatever amount because of course the bank has you know the bank knows that they has them by the balls so you know they can they can jerk them around in this way but that's what they do to you know make their game survive and and in this case it's a success because you know they've they've made you know way more than they've ever you know we're expecting to so it's a net gain for them but it's also a net gain for the banks because they're taking advantage of their business holy who cash is this you going around running all these bug holes like that
1: <laughs> yeah this is me
0: dude dude that is cash money wait it, it's oh, yeah, the dude, video
1: you're playing yours cash yes and this is actually yeah. another video too.
0: Oh, this is a video I just, that i I just Maybe watched this ago. man feed four grenades into four bug holes, just one after another, freaking assembly line. Like that is that's how you do it, because that's every bullet, you, you, like- every every bullet you waste on a bug that is coming out of an active bug hole is a bullet wasted because.
1: Well, what oh, happened there? It seems like Jake dropped out a little bit. His internet probably just lowered for a second.
0: It's all right, but like, no, yeah, there, you throw down there. the hole and it closes the hole, no bugs stop coming out, and that's how you solve right, the problem right. right
1: there. I mean, you gotta start, you gotta stem the bleeding at the uh, at the cut, yeah, you, 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 you
3: gotta take exactly out the spawners, it up as it comes. just like in classic yep. gauntlet.
0: And this is this is just you know, obviously, this is just one mission type here where you're yeah. destroying the eggs, but like, you have these bug nests on. Anytime you're fighting up against the bugs, you're going to have these. But also, you have the M. machine equivalent. You get the machine factories that are creating the the the, um, the mechs on the uh, other side of the galaxy. Right, right, right. It's the same principle. You throw a grenade to a hole; and it destroys the spawner. That orbital strike might get
1: it. Yeah, that one's uh, that one's. I haven't really played too many uh, mechanical ones. That's the one that I'm going to jump onto next. I'm just about to get the uh, laser rifles. That's the new one I'm about to grab. Yeah.
0: So, but, yeah, so I would say the biggest difference you're going to find between the fighting the mechs versus fighting the bugs is that the bugs are more... You're just bad about walking on those plants, huh? Yeah, just the, a little bit. Yeah, so the the bugs are more melee-focused, whereas the machines are going to be more... like you are with ranged weapons like uh, yeah, they, laser we, rifles and...
1: I think we may even have video of us the first time we actually played a a uh mechanical ones we got dude we got totally raped like hey so just, so, Cash, is this like your youtube channel or no 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 no. me and my buddies we just we thought like hey you know what we should set up a um obs because why not oh yeah like we just said screw hey, hey, so, so this something? isn't
3: something that you can like As shout out like, your channel or something
1: like that you guys. no 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 maybe maybe at some point in the future right. maybe right around may or june is when i'll get started on doing actual videos but Right. Even then, oh, <laughs> I almost walked into that line of fire there, actually. Yeah. But uh, but now this You've is. You've gotten better style.
0: about that, that's so for sure.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not trying. I'm not looking <laughs> to take some, you know, bullets into the into the face. That's killed me. One really of the things too. I like
0: is that when you start with your very first primary weapon, the assault rifle, is that it shoots oh out uh, a laser. Uh That shows everybody, as you can see here, where oh, you're yeah. aiming.
1: Yeah. You're right. You're right.
0: And even, even when you're not shooting, as soon as you're as soon as soon you're doing sight aiming, it, it projects the laser. and it shows people where you're aiming so not to walk in front of it. And there have been a lot of times when someone will die from friendly fire. It's 100% their fault. But then there's other times when you'll call in like an airstrike and it's way bigger than they understand. And they're throwing it essentially at your ankles. There's just not enough time for you to get out of the way of oh, something yeah. like that.
1: We just saw that today. We just saw that yeah. today. It was like. Commander, get back! Commander, <laughs> and eventually one of them landed, you know, right on top this, of this
0: Yeah, and this is this is a game that really it's it the communication is vital because you're gonna you're gonna throw a uh, an airstrike and you're gonna say you know tell everyone hey get clear you know because you understand how big of an airstrike it is like you understand the air effect that it's gonna have and they might be like walking up past it like oh I can just walk past where this strike's gonna come in. But then it comes in, and then
3: it's just boom, and then it blows up everything. Okay, run back, run back. All right, right uh, to this mission. Cool. Um, I think I, I think I just want to move on now because uh, we're at an hour. Um, there's All actually right. uh, a game that you played, Shakes, that I saw and you recently played, uh, Spell Rogue. Do you want to tell us a bit about that?
0: Sure. So it looks All like right. it'd be so... my sort
3: of game because I yeah I like the roguelikes.
0: All right, so if you like Across the Obelisk or Slay the Spire, um, and but you say, "Oh man, I wish there was some more dice rolling elements or dice manipulation elements." Yeah, I'm always thinking I about highly...
3: put it. You know how there can be more dice in a game for sure.
0: Yes, so <laughs> in that case, I can highly recommend Spell Rogue. Um, the difference between Spell Rogue and Across the Obelisk, for example, is that it's not really a deck builder per se. You do unlock new spells as you go, but once you like pick what spells you want to have for your fight, like you can just hold on to those. Like You don't rotate through them after you use them, which is what I was expecting. When I bought the game, I thought, oh, I'm going to cast a spell and then that card's going to go back into the deck and then I'm going to draw it again later, which I think would actually improve the game, I think, in a way, because it adds that layer of randomness to it. Uh, but as it is, I, I find it very playable, and but that like once you find certain synergies, you there's gonna be certain spells you're gonna be looking for and cycling for, where once you get them, you're like, oh, I got this run. Or like you're gonna spend your whole run looking for those cards to make that particular combination.
4: Hmm. But
0: the idea of it being is that you throw you throw three dice and then you take those dice to spend them on your spells, because those spice those those dice represent your mana. Now, one of the first cards you're gonna get is something that's gonna let you Re-roll a dice for however many times you can use that particular spell. Fluctuate there at the beginning. It lets you re-roll a dice and you can use it somewhere else. Um, Ice spear is a very basic attack because you're all everyone's going to start with this character, um, and then you've got Aqua Fortis there, which uh, lets you create block, which will block however much damage that would have come in. It's just it's just armor at that point, and then you unlock other spells from there. So Ice Ward, Deluge, those are green and blue respectively. Uh, those are your non-starting spells that you get later on from either as a reward or something that you can buy with your gold. If you look up in the top right corner there, you can see he's getting 90 gold that you can use at shops to buy spells or to buy artifacts and whatnot. And there's a lot of things that you can use to augment your gameplay. Uh, but the uh, the core of it is that you can roll dice and you place those dice on your spells to cast spells. You can re-roll dice. You can roll additional dice. You can use an uh, ability called in, uh, Foresight. Which you can roll an additional dice on your next turn and there are a lot of builds that rely on you just building up a lot of foresight so that on that next turn now instead of rolling three dice, you're rolling like seven and you can do a ton more with that um there you have these spells here that are you have countdown spells where if you look at the number at the top there you just add dice to that spot until you eventually reach that number um, there's other dice that require there's other spells that require a specific number of dice to be placed there um there's others that require a, pa- a, set, a pair of dice to be placed um but like oh yeah so like with ice ward or aqua you can put a dice of any one value of that range that uh, says there uh you get shards that you can use to upgrade your spells um and there's a ton like i've, I've Barely scratched the surface of it. I've just unlocked my second character. Um, I've unlocked the second rank of my first character. And there is a ton, ton, ton of content uh, for a game that is still in early access. Um, and I can tell that it's got a ton of potential. Um, if you if this, if this style of a game appeals to you at all, if you yeah. like Cross The Obelisk, if you like Slay the Spire, yeah. and you just want more dice rolling, I did. I did
3: it. play quite a lot of Slade the Spy.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think that, and, 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 and plus two, I would say that this has better graphics than either of them. Um, I mean, the graphics themselves—you know—there isn't a lot of it, but what there is has been polished to a mirror shine. Um, because you've got three biomes that you get through, and if you you go through the forest biome, the desert biome, and then the void biome. And then it's the end of the game. So it's kind of got that, uh, uh, not Peggle. What's that What's that other game? That Peglin? Came out? Oh, uh, Peglin. Peglin. Yeah. Peglin, where it only had like three realms for like for a while uh, while being early access because they're trying to, you know, fiddle with the, you know, the core game mechanics before they make a new coat of paint for everything.
1: Yeah. That's um... interesting because I don't think I've ever really had too much experience with these types of games, if I'm being honest. It's this is actually one of my first um, introductions to it, or to this genre of game. It, it, what's that? Is it almost like, um, ro- what what's that game called? Rogue Hearts, Legends Hearts? Yeah.
0: Uh, you're probably thinking of uh um Hearthstone.
1: Oh yes, which Hearthstone,
0: is, which is another exactly. which is another game that I've heard this compared to, and I don't think that that's a fair comparison. But Hearthstone is more of a
3: pure card game, you know, like Magic yeah. the Gathering. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. Now, whereas with this, you get to choose what you bring into battle, and then you know, based on you start with four slots that are unlocked, but you can unlock more slots using the. um, the, the It's more about
3: like uh, building your deck as you go along by you know making decisions. Whereas uh, Hearthstone and like Magic the Gathering, you've actually got to like build a deck out of your collection and yeah, versus other players. But this is more like a you know P PVE where you know you're. Collecting your cards yeah. as you go, and you're versing the you know the AI opponent. Now or before,
0: enemies. now before I go, you know, sucking this game's uh, metaphorical phallus too hard, um, I want to keep my um, critique of it even-handed. For as much as I like it, one of the things that uh, it's lacking, as opposed to like across Diablo's, for example, is that it's not multiplayer. At current, it's only single-player. Um, I'm not sure how they would even be able to incorporate multiplayer if that's even in their plan, because as, as it looks, I don't think it is. Well, I don't think they
3: ever um, did it for the... Slay the Spy.
0: So, but like, uh, but like, across the for example, is multiplayer, and really, oh, okay. it's just you know changing. It, yeah, instead of having a four, it's still a four-character party, but you just change up who's controlling who. Right. Now with this, you've got one character who's you know doing all these spells for all these particular. Uh, all this of all these dice rolling for all these spells, but you could have like, you know, a, a, a party of, you know, three or four and just have them cycle in and have a, a set of, a suite of spells available to them to do their own dice rolling. But at that point, it's really just, you know, four players playing more or less individually um, against the uh, enemies, which, just, which I assume would just have a larger health pool to design that the simplest way possible. Uh, because these are all designed to either help yourself or damage the enemy, and you know, with uh, you have to kind of when you make a game multiplayer, especially a game where it would be like this, you have to design for it from the start. Like you have to design a healer class, you have to design a tank class. You know, someone who can you know take the hits and a healer who can be spongy, but also is going to help the the tank. And like I, I realized that this is like a world of warcraft you know uh formula but that's really how that's designed to be and this game is not designed that way it's really designed to be a single player experience it's fantastic but that is one of the drawbacks
3: you you like your multiplayer don't you shakes i'm probably more of a single player gamer myself like i don't get involved in multiplayer very
0: often I, mo, some of my guys, favorite I like games, I would player. say most of my favorite games, most of my favorite games are single player games because, and I really hate to come back to this, but like I'm at that age now. Oh, I'm at that age now where I'm at that age now where it's hard to get embroiled in a multiplayer game for very long. And it's nice to have a single player game that I could pause, that I could save. Uh, with, with Spell Rogue, there are checkpoints that you can save at before combat, so that way if you have to leave suddenly, you can come back and pick up where you left off. Whereas, like, in a game like Helldivers, if I leave mid-battle, then that's it. Like, they're on their own. Mm. And it, the, the difficulty in Helldivers does not scale for the number of players. It's like, you pick a difficulty level, that's the difficulty level you're getting. If you have all four people playing on it, that's only going to make it easier, unless you have people who are really bad at friendly firing. But... With uh, But, like, so, like, I I have a whole ton of games that I love that are strictly single player, and I have a lot of other games that are strictly multiplayer, and I have a lot of games that are capable of doing both. Um, I I like multiplayer games as not just being a multiplayer game, but also sort of being, like, an interactive chat room where you can sit down, you know, after I get home from work and I can chat with the people, you know, all, all my friends that I have online while doing a collective activity together, and I think that's one of the strengths of multiplayer games. And yeah. but, like, there are other times when, like, I come, I sit down in the evening, I'm like, hey, he wants to play a game tonight. Everybody's busy, I'll throw on Spell Rogue, and I'll be like, all right, I can have a really enriching single player experience.
3: yeah all right. Um, <clears throat> now I, I, I've been uh, on a bit of a um survival craft binge lately, uh, and I actually tried Valheim again, um, and I got up to the point where I was trying to find iron you know the scrap metal to start building an iron iron armor set and um yeah I kind of got it to a point where I died in a really bad place and I wasn't able to get my stuff back and that kind of made me uh give up and play something else um it's it seems to be a really hard game and I think it was uh made with the intention of having multiplayer because um yeah it's uh it's really hard as a single player and um so
0: yeah with a game like valheim um it it does scale in difficulty with the number of players who are in the game in terms of like enemies spawning and their health pools and how difficult they are to defeat but i've always been of the opinion that the swap is like the barrier for most gamers like like you you when you when you first start the game you get your leather armor you get your first bow and arrow and you get your first like uh bow, uh sword there or no like it's a club i think is what you get at the beginning there before you even get yeah. any kind of metal and and you fight elk there and Elkthir is just such a great pitched battle. The music is amazing. The 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 visual effects are incredible. And when you defeat Elkthir, you feel like I can take on the world. And then you do. You go into the Black Forest, and you've got your 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 uh, antler pickaxe. You're getting you're getting copper, and you're getting tin. And and like I think that that point in the game when you're mining uh, for bronze. Yeah, and, that, that's and the main part bronze. of
3: the game that I've experienced, because yeah, I always hit a roadblock, uh, when I'm trying to go into the, uh, into the swamp area. That, yeah. that,
0: that gets part, really that hard part there. Of, yeah, that part of the technology curve is, like, always been my favourite part. It's like, I loved going in on an expedition and having some people mining the copper, while you've got other people who are standing guard because you've got things showing up to it that are going to attack you because you're oh, mining. Yeah. And then trying to transport all that back because the portals don't work because you can't bring metal through the portal. so it forces you to load it all up on a rickety ship and sail across the ocean and up oh, here comes a storm and it just creates these really great dynamic you know you know storytelling moments in the game where you're 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 playing it. but yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't I, I really didn't a expect
3: yeah, I really didn't expect there to be a, a monster in the ocean that would suddenly come and uh, break my boat and screw me over. I think uh, all right. Well, that's
0: on you, man. You should have. <laughs> you should have expected the freaking sea monster. But once, but then once you beat the elder, like the elder is a really great. Yeah. It's a tough fight, but man, it's it's. Oh, it's I actually it, it found it out, changes... you know,
3: the the way to beat the elder easily is to just use those pillars um that it has, you know, that you summoned it up. You can just keep hiding behind yeah. the pillars and running to the next one, and it makes it a lot easier.
0: Well yeah, you use cover, but you also you can use campfires because it's a wooden creature, it's susceptible to fire. You make a bunch of fire arrows and there is a there's a strategy to it. And once you do that, you're like, "Okay, I get it now. You find a creature's weakness and you just laser focus on that." And then when you move on to the next boss, you'll be ready. But then you get to the swamp. You you get the key, you head into the swamp and the problem with the swamp is that you've got you've got the drawgers you've got the skeletons you've got the, the oh the uh, bloody uh, the, uh...
3: wraith specter things that appear at night oh my the... that they scream yeah me. no
0: <laughs> well I mean going anywhere at night in Valheim is always just a bad time um regardless of what level you're at um but the other... and then you run into the big um the vine monster there that uh, walks around
3: yeah I've never actually killed one of those.
0: No no no, like that's that's just something that you would avoid until like you're just about ready to head up into the mountains. That's that's when you go back and you start taking them out because you need to get armor set to get actually really good at archery. But oh yeah, uh, another that... thing that
3: screwed me, like sometimes the uh, world generation screws me cuz I I you know, I set up this base in a black forest that was uh that I thought was next to a swamp, but there was this whole section of plains in between the black forest and the swamp oh, and I had no. to like I had to sail around just to get to the swamp and uh yeah, made it really hard, and I couldn't manage to find a, you know, a. Yeah, because well, a, I, I found a, a swamp yeah, next to a black forest once, but the problem was was that it was such a tiny swamp that it didn't have any actual dungeons in it. <laughs> so then, then yeah. I then I found another swamp, but it it, ha- it was be- between the black forest and the swamp. There was this big section of plains that, you know, I was, I guess that's probably the fifth area after mountains. So you know, it was yeah. absolutely impossible so, to beat anything there.
0: So. Yeah, another problem that people run into is that like it comes down to map generation, and a lot of times like the the map itself will screw you, and we, and then you have to take and pick up your whole camp and move it to a different place because you found a better island or a better continent that had yeah. a better. Like I, I tried
3: to make a base, like you know, in the sw- in the black forest next to the swamp, um, and I yeah. built up a big base before I realized that the swamp was so tiny and pretty much useless, yeah. which sucked.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it comes it comes back to a lot of like you know uh, scouting and 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 map knowledge and whatnot. Um, but this, to get back to my original point is that the reason why the swamp is like the big barrier is because you're in the swamp and it's all it's always dark in the swamp. It's always cloudy, even if it's daytime. So it's dark. Um, it's always it's almost always raining, and even if it's not raining, you're walking through the water to get from like place to place where there's land. So you're always wet, and being wet gives you a huge debuff to your stamina regeneration. Oh, I didn't and know that. So, yeah, yeah. New, so like, people, the reason why people have such a, the people the reason why people have such a hard time in the swamp is because like you're trying to move around with any kind of a speed because it's leeches in the water, and so you're sprinting everywhere. Your stamina's gone, and then you get into a fight, and now you can't even swing your sword because you have no stamina.
2: Hmm.
0: And yeah. so something just rolls up on you and just beats the bag out of you, and now you've dropped all of your armor that you've worked so hard to get to so the last two biomes, and now you have to go back there and get it naked, or hope to god that you've got a spare set of armor to have on a side to go back and get that. And for a lot of people, when they get killed in the swamp, where they get killed somewhere where it's really hard to get back to to do a corpse run to pick up all their stuff, that's when they'll put the game down. Yeah. And And there's really no way to, as the game exists now, there's no way to mitigate that like unless you unless you died close to a portal that you already had set up then people are gonna be like i'm not going back because i've i've, I've had that happen to me myself recently there, there was this you one know, point
3: I... yeah there was this one point like this was um in the black forest but i literally uh went on about 50, corp, 50 like 50 corpse runs just trying to get my stuff back from um you know one of the dungeons there like i died in the dungeon and i had to run like but like it was a fight for ten minute run, and I had to do it like fifty times, you know. And I'd like take out one skeleton and then die, and then have to run back and kill one more skeleton, die, then run back and try to get a couple hits in on the spawner and then die. And oh man, it took so long. <laughs> um, but but the game was fun enough that I actually I, w- I was actually determined to get through it. Um, but yeah, like that that was. That, that was a pretty, uh, I found it. I, I don't know. I found it quite thrilling just, um, trying to be determined to, yeah, get my stuff back. And,
1: and, uh, yeah, that's what I had to go through sometimes. My God, just looking at these things, that looks disgusting. That little grayling. Yeah. I take so... it the first enemy that you end up fighting in. in uh, have you had that sort of, of thing
2: happen
3: to you where you've had to just be determined and, you know,
0: all right, so, I mean, yes and no. I so You're just that I, good of
3: a gamer that, you know, you don't get yourself into that situation, I guess. No,
0: no, no. Like, no, <laughs> I do. Um But what, what I was saying was... Well, you usually um, play with friends, to re- too. Well, I've had this happen to me recently with Valheim when the Mistlands epi- uh, update dropped. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go check out the Lands And I thought that the planes were such a pain in the butt because... You go into the plains and you're getting killed by these mosquitoes, and it's it's terrible that you have something so small that can deal so much damage to begin with. But like also, there's almost nothing you can do to deal with them, because they're so easy to miss with like your bow and arrow at range that you almost have to wait until they get within striking distance so you can hit them with your melee weapon. And then like yeah, you you might hit them, but if you if you miss, you're gonna die. Like if you don't have like the tier uh, armor of the uh biome already you're gonna get like one-shotted which just feels like a cheap way to die and it had to get to the point where like eventually you just brute force it like you described into a when you get yourself to a point where you can deal with it um but it's still frustrating and it just makes you want to avoid the planes altogether Mm. um and well, so like then when I ended, then when I went into the Mistlands, I went into the Mistlands cuz I just wanted to see what the new content was. I went in there and I got like killed almost immediately. And I had been so gung ho to do it, like the the game forces you to either be extremely cautious or pay for it. And so because I went to the Mistlands without like having a portal, assuming that I was going to die because I didn't function that way, then I, I died and all my stuff was very far away. I didn't have a boat to get back to it, and finally I just was like, you know what? No, I I don't want to do it. And, and, and I, I don't I don't have that youthful you know determination of just I'm gonna try fifty times to to beat this challenge that's been given to me. Like unfortunately, I'm at that point now where I don't have the time or the energy to waste.
3: Yeah, we're we're getting you know, old.
0: We're, we're old. For
3: but, but we'll, we'll get we'll yeah, get it, cash to get our stuff for us. He, he can go through the hundred corpse runs.
1: Right, right, right. I can run through and you know do it fifty million times.
0: But this so this, this is this is this was one of the thing, reasons why I said that uh, uh, Pokemon Legends of Arceus was su- such a success was because you know it did so many things that were just efficiencies for the player where you didn't have to, you know, grind for hours and hours to get the same result. It's like these 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 are things that you could get eventually without any real measure of skill. It just required a lot of time. And if the only thing it takes is time to do it, then it's not worth it. If it's a test of skill, if it requires you to do some kind of function of, you know, gameplay mechanic that, you know, you can do it right. The, if you, if you can get it right the first time you get it, or if it takes you 50 tries, then you get it. Then yes, it's still a test of skill, but if it's just like you must do this benign action for 50 hours to get this result, then it's just, uh, it, all it does is just pad the game time. And, well, the thing, that, the thing that Arceus does, like, in addition to a lot of other things, is, like, it had, like, the shared XP for all of its Pokemon, which some people are like, oh, blah, blah, that's not real, that's not true Pokemon. It's like, it doesn't need to be, because true Pokemon is just game time. Well, I think every and...
3: Pokemon game has had experience share as an option, but maybe people were pissed off that it didn't have, like, maybe it was mandatory no, to have XP share. No, no for that. no.
0: You that, that
1: it's that. That. only one Pokemon that you could put it on. Yeah, at a time. So yeah, yeah.
0: the the X the the XP share was an mean, you'd put in one Pokemon and then that would always get XP regardless of whether or not it was in battle. Otherwise your Pokemon had to at least be in the battle for at least one turn mm-hmm. in order to get the experience points from that battle. Otherwise if your Pokemon wasn't involved in the battle, you got nothing. Yeah, I, I like doing it first- that
3: way. I, I hate I liked, you know, having, you know, a variety of Pokemon. Um I didn't like uh just having one Pokemon that got uh, a lot more powerful than the rest. But i see right. that a lot so, of other people or, play it that
0: way. Right. So with the the first game that did it means that your entire party had EXP share, I believe, was uh Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee. And that made so your entire party had the EXP share. Uh and a lot of people were like, oh well that's just that's that's dumb you know it just makes it so it's it's for easy casuals and i'm like i'm sorry but like the core you don't understand that the core player base for pokemon is in their 30s you know they're working they're working full time they don't have you know 60 hours a week to grind you know going through the same patch of tall grass and catch an abra to get your experience values that they want for a particular pokemon to improve this particular you know uh yeah, but uh, probably tree. the
3: most fun um, uh, generation of Pokemon for me was White and Black because of the fact that uh, I was playing it during film school and, uh, yeah, had a lot of other people to play it with and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, the newer generations, I've kind of just been playing those on my own, and they haven't been as exciting, probably just because of that reason.
1: Yeah, so, I don't like, know. I dropped so much a while come, back, if I'm it. To come
0: back to, to Valheim. Um, the frustrating thing about Valheim is that when you, when you die in a situation in Valheim because you were reckless, it's like, well, then, yeah, you should have been reckless, but it becomes a case of, like, all right, all of my stuff is over here on this side of the map, I can't get to it without a boat, and I can't make a boat without brass, you know, nails, I can't make brass, uh, bronze nails without, um, copper and, and... and...
3: Yeah, it, you you pretty much, you, you constantly have to start over again if, if, yeah... You got to like build up from the beginning, and now you're
0: back. And now you're back to square one. So now you have it's like it's like this game isn't asking me to do anything I haven't already accomplished. It's like I've already done all these things, and now it's just saying, "All right, do it all again, just (laughs) so you can get back to the the save point that you had." When really you ought to just have had a save point, because all all the game's asking at that point is, "All right, spend more time playing the game." You know, even if it's stuff that you've already done. It's and that's. That's frustrating. All right. And so when I get to a point in that when I get to a point like that in a game any game, I uh, that's when I'll like say, no, no more.
3: Yeah. Um now just one more thing that uh one more main topic I wanted to talk about is um yeah, along with my uh yeah, getting back into survival crafts a bit, I tried No Man's Sky again. Uh now I didn't get very far. Um I pretty much yeah you know, am still in the tutorial before another game distracted me. But um, I noticed that you've got like seventy hours on on um, uh, No Man's Sky. So did you want to t- like sort of sell it to me about why I should go back to it and uh, get, go through the uh, go go through the uh, kind of mundane so far tutorial and try again because like I keep seeing all these new updates coming out and I'm like oh wow it'd be really cool to actually get to that point of the game where you know i'm actually like commanding fleets and stuff and um but yeah i've just haven't had the patience yet to get through um the starting point of the game so do you want to tell me a bit about that I mean,
1: for me yeah i don't have really much experience with no man's sky either so if you can you know i've, I've never i've never really had it's never called my attention i've seen it i know what it is you know, I know a bit about it, but again, I've never had the how should I say drive to pick it up. You know, yeah. so since you have that much, ex- since you have like seventy hours worth of time played on it, what do you think? what What's your What's your overall opinion on it? Is it something that's worth picking up, especially right now with all these updates?
0: You guys are asking me. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I have. I have seventy hours of like the original No Man's Sky. Oh wow!
3: Um, that that was a while ago.
0: Yes. So like I played it when it first came out, and it was that whole thing of like, oh, it's a a, a mile wide but an inch deep situation yeah. of just like you go from one planet to the next, it doesn't really change a whole lot. Um, and they've added a ton since then. So like you're asking someone to review to tell you about a game that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like the stuff that, the stuff that I'm seeing on the screen here, all this, this, this these dynamic ground effects, uh, having mounts. Um, all, I all of this, is, it's a, this is a completely different game. Like having a Rover like that. No, I, um, I've never had any of that. I, I went back to try to play it again somewhat recently. And if you're looking at like the last played, uh, date stamp for me, uh, that was probably when they had a particular update. I reinstalled it. I played it. I tried playing it for like 15 minutes because, you know, I had a a. Yeah, I I did the I did everything where it was the um, bases update where you could like build a base on a planet, and you could have your own like. Wow, uh, I
3: I would have thought that would have been like standard from the start, but I guess they really did start off very shallow.
0: No, like you had nothing. You had like your ship that you could get into that you could upgrade by moving modules around, Um, and you could mine materials to get stuff to jump from one planet to the next planet and then you had to mine more stuff to get more fuel to jump from one planet to the next planet. And the idea of it is that you're trying to get to the center of the galaxy, you get to the center of the galaxy, and the game basically does a new game plus where you respawn on a planet on the edge of the galaxy again and you have to do it all over again. It was it was tedious. Like, you were, you were mining to travel to mine to travel. And, and, like, there was, like, these hints that there was some bigger story there, uh, but there really wasn't. Um, of well, one of the things that appealed to me and the thing that somehow managed to get 70 hours out of me was the fact that once you got past all of that, like once you actually had a decent ship that could tra- uh, jump from system to system, uh, once you knew what to look for and you could like get the m- minerals that you needed, um, then what you ended up encountering was a lot of these alien species that you didn't speak their language. Like you'd have a bunch of gibberish on your screen. And you just to try to figure out what, the, what it was they were trying to say and give them a response. It reminds yeah, it me of the albed bed
3: part. in uh, Final Fantasy X, where you had to so, collect letters of their language.
0: Yeah, and so that's exactly what it was. And I would compare this gameplay mechanic to uh, Chance of Stendar, or excuse me, Chance, Chance of Sendar, S-E-N-N-A-A-R, Chance of Senar. And the idea of it is that like you're in a the Tower of Babel and you have to try to figure out what each you know language means and in, in order to get to the next area. Well, look, so one of the that that, that looks game,
3: really cool, what's on the screen now. I wonder if you can like make you know your own base like that that big and detailed.
0: Yeah, and you can. Uh it's just gonna take you a long time to, to make all that stuff. But like I had my own capital ship, I had my own bay. And my whole base was like on my ship. Like, I had all these rooms that I built to have like these research centers and have employees and whatnot. And I and I did all that uh, with the uh, base building update that had happened. Um, but when I when I came back to it recently with all the new updates, I went to play it, and I was getting like a distress signal from a planet. I went down there, and they still had the stupid sentinels. And as soon as I tried to help out, the sentinels attacked and killed me. I dropped all my stuff and. I realized like I had no idea what I was doing anymore because it had been so long since the last time I played it.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that when you try to jump back into a game that you played like a year ago and you kind of just want to start over at that point,
0: yeah, that happens. That's the reason why, yeah, that's the reason why I'm on like my three, you know 133rd playthrough of Skyrim is because <laughs> you come back and try to play it, and then it's like, oh, wait, what the heck was I yeah, even what, doing? Yeah, what was I even doing? And it's it's the reason why those first like those initial ten branching missions of Skyrim, are polished to a mirror finish. Is because they know that you're going to be seeing them, a bunch. You know that very first dungeon that you go into to get to the Dragonstone, is so well done, because they knew people were going to be playing it dozens of times. So it needed to be interesting. Uh, uh, not just that it had not just that it had you know difficult puzzles but puzzles that were fun to solve even if you had to solve them the exact same way a dozen times
3: just a quick story about Skyrim um when I first played it I actually uh didn't follow the main story so I never actually discovered shouts until like way later into the game like I didn't even get my first shout (laughs) which was uh I don't know, kind of interesting. You know, I know now to at least go, you know, a few missions into the main story before I actually go out and do anything else because I made that mistake the first time.
0: Well, it's not a mistake, it's a choice, you know? And like, I. But found like, you can't
3: get, it, you can't actually like get shouts from the later dungeons until you get that first one, I think. So I kind of screwed myself that way.
0: You can still get words of power like if you go to the dungeon to get the golden claw before you meet with the um graybeards you could still get the word for uh you know uh Fus Roda. like the first you see you you could still get foos and then even even when you you can't use it until you get the first dragon soul from the dragon battle at white run but like you still can get the word and you can go around you can collect all freaking shit i don't know how many it is like 130 something words of power you could collect all of them before you can collect a single dragon soul. Although there are a lot that require you to, like, kill a dragon to get to the yeah. wall.
3: I don't think dragons spawn until you do a certain amount of the main story. And anyway, I didn't. I didn't mean to go into huge detail about that. I just thought that was just an interesting. But anyways, experience. yeah. Anyways.
0: Anyways, um, yeah. So I found that the metagame in uh, uh, No Man's Sky of like learning other languages. And once you know that word, like you talk to a creature, and all of a sudden you'll have that word pop up amongst all the gibberish. You can kind of figure out based on the tone and the context of what it is they're trying to say, and then hopefully give you you know a good response of like yes, I would like to purchase this thing, or no, I'm not hostile, and or or like or like hey, do what I say, or else I will threaten you and give me a better price. You know, because usually the ones that you're interacting with are going to be like merchants, for example. Uh, but they've added so much content to this to no man's sky yeah i, I the... keep
3: being intrigued to play no man's sky but i keep on sort of playing through the tutorial and then giving up and playing something else like i've, I've yeah, got to try I to they... have the determination to get through the art uh, the starting slog
0: yeah and but, that's yeah, I keep the problem the problem with the game like no man's sky is that it really suffers in those early game hours where like yeah, you get these players who come in and they want to just be able to hop in a ship and go somewhere and i think the the game would benefit from you not starting crashed on a planet but like starting you know in a functioning ship that you can use to planet hop but you know you, instead of you know hey you have to get these uh, materials to repair your ship to be able to even fly it it should be hey uh you should need to fly to you need to fly down to a planet to collect these materials to build something to be able to jump to the next system you know, it still it still addresses the gameplay mechanics of go to a place, mine materials, and then you know upgrade your ship. Like it still it still functionally teaches you all the same steps, yeah. But without it feeling restrictive, where you're stuck on this plant that you hate, that every time you step out of your ship, you're you're getting radiation damage or or toxicity damage or or hot or cold damage just by. Well. Being outside your ship, it's like it, it yeah. disincentivizes people to explore. It punishes people for exploring. Yeah, you know, whereas like a game with hell divers, and I am going to bring back the hell divers. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it some more hell divers. <laughs> rewards you for exploration because you guys you can do the main mission, you can go do the primary objective and then leave, or you can do the primary objective and like oh what's that question mark on the horizon and you go out there and explore it and like oh hey it's premium currency or it's this or it's it's a, a, a you know regular currency or it's this. A freaking um, artillery. Oh, it could be a, it can be an artillery cannon that you can load up with stuff that you can use later on to help you out further along in the mission. And any game that rewards your exploration or rewards your creativity or rewards you for you know wanting to play the game your own way rather than trying to hamstring you for not playing it in the way that it was designed, you know, like that's that should be the goal because. the problem with no man's sky especially in the early game is that if you're not playing it in the in quote unquote intended way it punishes you and that really disincentivizes people from continuing to play the game because you know it's not playing it you know as the designers expected you to and they you can't you can't expect a player to play it in a predetermined way because any any game tester which i like to consider myself a game tester If you hand me a game that says test this game, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to break the game. It's like if the game tells me, hey, do this, I'm going to do the opposite of that. And that's why I think that a game like, for example, the Stanley Parable is a fantastic game to demonstrate the design principles of game testing. Because the Stanley Stanley Parable will tell you, all right, Stanley got up from his desk and he walked through the left door. And then if you walk through the right door, the game continues. But... Yeah, I, I mean, Ooh. I do
3: that all the time in games. I will go down the corridor that's uh, not in the direction of the objective um, because I want to explore everything. So, like, I, yeah, I do that you want to, you
0: want, and what it does is the Stanley Parable, which is a fantastic game that I recommend to everyone. Like, you're like you're, you're always, You like
3: always find a chest with goodies when you go in the wrong direction. <laughs> in, in, yeah, in because, games uh, are... no,
0: no, no. Uh... If a game is designed well, then yes, it should do that. It should it should reward your curiosity. It should reward your expl- exploration. And with the game, the early game of No Man's Sky, I feel really fails in that because it's like if you don't play the game our way, we're going to punish you. You're going to take damage, and if you get too far from your ship, you're going to die, and then you're going to respawn, but then you're going to have to go and recover your body because you didn't play the right way. And that turns off people. That turns players off. Um, and, and and simple as that, you know.
3: Yeah,
0: uh I just oh, no, wanted I, to. I, 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 I can't watch is. This. This is spoilers. Yeah, this right, spoiler. I haven't, my... I haven't, I haven't, I haven't played the yeah. deluxe edition yet. Yeah, um I played the original. I, I've been wanting there, to but...
3: play Stanley Parable at some point. um Dude, yeah, play
1: it, it. play it. 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 Yeah, intriguing. I'm not gonna lie. The end the last, the first like ten seconds is like, oh, okay, this is pretty interesting. Like
3: um just just play any, play any, anyway, oh, 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 oh. anyway I, i'm sure you're eager to get back to Helldivers divers too so i just wanted to cover a couple things quickly because we're at an hour and 40 minutes um so uh, i i downloaded this game or utility i guess you could call it called wallpaper engine and um the reason why I, um, downloaded it is because, um, when I've been doing my audiobook productions, um, I've started, uh, you know, putting these like, um, yeah, t- animated title cards. Like I'm, I'm sure you saw it when I made your rarity one in permanence, how I had like the diamonds coming down the screen and stuff like that. Um, I, I, um downloaded wallpaper engine cuz i'm intrigued with its ability to allow me to make uh like animated uh title cards for my you know audiobooks um but yeah overall wallpaper engine allows you to have these animated wallpapers and um i think it would be a useful tool like i plan on having it as like a yeah tool for having like looping animations that i could put as the title cards for my audiobooks um uh, yeah so well, what do you think of wallpaper engine cash flow what, what's your reason for getting it
1: uh i can't show all of my reasons for getting it but i can <laughs> show <laughs> i can say that it's pretty freaking awesome you know there's a whole ton of different things that you can add in there I've, yeah you know, when i, when I installed
3: movie... it i i typed in pony in the search and there's quite a lot there you know
1: yeah there is quite a lot there. I mean, but look at this, look at this for God's sake. Yeah. They're they're interactable as well.
3: Like uh, you have some with the time. I found a wallpaper that had like countdown until Christmas, which is at this point, like 298 days. So
1: (laughs) pet the deal, pet the dough, pet the the dough. I I, I
3: think there's even some uh, wallpapers that can act as games as well. So it's a pretty fascinating program.
1: they, They legit have full on movies on here. Like, it, the wallpaper engine is such an awesome, such an awesome, uh, uh, how should I say, program. And it's amazing. It's amazing to have all these different kinds of interactive wallpapers, to have movies, to have songs. It, there's someone that show you your well, time. One thing I want to your... know
3: is, um, is it easy to learn to use it in these fancy ways, like to make your
1: own wallpapers? Or does that require quite a bit never of skill? Never to make my own. I have never tried to make my own. I'll be okay. honest with you. <laughs> but it's never been difficult to change. Like it really hasn't been. Like look at this. Look at this. You know, you got all these different kinds of uh wallpapers. That, that's made and out of anything.
3: like a static image that you put effects on and yeah, it becomes like animated and stuff. It's pretty cool.
0: I think I think that's a little bit more to it than that for that one in particular. But I mean this is this is why I like, you know, a game like for example, Rusty's Revenge, which is what we talked about Rusty's Rusty's retirement.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we 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 talked about that that
0: last episode um and the thing i like about is that it's really changing like what a video game can be because you can play with it while having other things on your screen and like you can interact with this wallpaper some wallpapers from this engine you know kind of like a game while there's other things going on on your screen and it's not like a video game has to be the entire focus of your um uh your attention
3: yeah, i i've got my uh wallpaper engine muted because yeah i'm not really a fan of uh got, you, you, it's so annoying when like i have some audio playing and i have to try to find the tab that it's coming from so <laughs> 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 I, i'm playing wallpaper <laughs> engine <laughs> muted because uh i don't necessarily want i'm gonna i'm gonna get paranoid if i start hearing noises coming out of my computer i don't know where to find where it is Anyway, uh, so yeah, I just thought cool, I'd bring just... that up briefly and, um, yeah, it's something that I hope I can use as an actual video editing tool when I'm making my own videos to, yeah, ha- have more interesting title cards. Uh, anyway, uh, another one I wanted to bring up is, uh, Keeper RL. Did you want to look that up on Steam, Cash?
1: Yeah, I'll uh, i haven't,
3: I, I, I've got this game on my wish list and, uh, it just came out, uh, the 1.0 version, and I've been keeping my eye on it. It's sort of a mix of um, Dwarf Fortress and uh, Dungeon Keeper. And it's where you're the bad guy and you're building like a dungeon and uh, you're based in the back of the dungeon and you're trying to keep out adventurers um, by putting down traps and stuff. Um, But yeah, it's like very basic in terms of its graphics and uh it's it's got me really intrigued and I, I plan to buy it soon possibly this next payday um if i can afford it um because yeah it's just uh, it's got me interested
0: when when they were talking about uh dwarf fortress being remade i this is really what i was hoping it was going to look like because the existing version of dwarf fortress is still it's not. It's not nearly as unapproachable as the original version. It's. It looks a lot. It, better. it
3: still runs like a turn-based sort of. Um, I mean, this is probably turn-based too, but it still has the same uh, code where you know things are just happening one at a time, and it's sort of. It's still very ancient in gameplay. Yeah, in the way the just, gameplay
0: just When I when I saw the the new version of Dwarf Fortress, it just made me want to go back and play Dungeon Keeper two again.
2: Hmm,
3: yeah, but uh, this this game looks like what uh, I think a lot of us have been hoping for, you know, um, an actual, yeah, uh, updated, uh cool, yeah, dungeon keeper game, um, but yeah, you're, yeah, anyway, I just thought it was uh, intriguing. I guess I'll have more to say about it if I do buy it and I'll talk about it on the next episode of uh, Mystery Gaming Bros. Um, now next one is our uh, pop-up dungeon. Did you want to bring that up quickly, Cash? I'll try to go through these quickly. Cause I, I, am not as good at talking for an eternity as shakes is anyway.
1: <laughs> no, so it's probably to good your, to just got... knock
3: out some things quickly at the end here. Now, what's intriguing about uh pop-up dungeon is that it's a, an actual game design tool in a, in addition to being, um, a game in itself. And I, I've played played a bit of it um and uh what's intriguing about it is that you can make your own characters you can make your own spells um there's a lot of characters in the workshop uh the game the game doesn't have like there's only one item in the workshop because the workshop is uh integrated into the game it's not like separate like it is for a lot of other games with workshop and basically yeah it's got it's this thing where you can make your own maps your own challenges Um, and you can make your own characters. Like I, I, I actually found Twilight Sparkle as a downloadable character in their, you know, creation system. And, uh, the other thing that makes this game interesting is how it, it has like an AI that allows it to automatically balance. So if you're making a spell and you say, oh, it'll do this much damage, it will automatically increase the cost of the spell. Like the action points that it costs to, to, um, automatically balance, which is, um, yeah, really cool.
1: Um, yeah, it makes sense actually that you were mentioning that uh, you can make your own characters because you know I, there's a reason why I pulled it back to the beginning here. This this is the first thing that come out like what the hell? Yeah, but it makes sense now. Yeah, know, because you can, actually, your...
3: cre- you can actually you um, can actually design your, you like what yeah, exactly. you you know you can draw your own um, draw your own character and have it actually um, come out in that folded paper. Sort of thing it's just like how uh they have um what are they called um oh, i don't Enterprise. remember but they they have like a pattern that's it a pattern that they use to know how to stitch together like a pony plushie. It, it works in that similar sort of way where you like import an image that is that can be folded together like it is to make those uh characters so you know even artistically you can make your own own characters and pretty much edit everything about the game and then download other people's creations and, you know, their creative ideas. So yeah, I played with it a bit. Um, Probably only five hours. So I guess I don't know much about it yet, but I just thought the uh, premise in general was very interesting. Uh, What do you guys think of it?
1: So far it looks pretty fun. It looks pretty interesting. Like it's a cute little game. I'm not gonna lie. Uh,
0: it has got potential.
1: Hmm. That's about as that's about as much as I would say because these aren't too many games that I've uh, played or have in uh, have previous experience with. But it's a pretty interesting, you know, looking little game, especially if it's something that you can make your own little character and you know you have to set something up for them. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I'd make a little cash flow. Yeah, I would.
3: Okay. Uh, now I I've downloaded this game called Drawful Two. Uh, it's part of the Jackbox, uh, like I think it's included in some of the Jackbox packs uh, but it wasn't quite yep. what I expected, you know, I, I think what I thought it was was what Scribble IO is where, you know, you, you get given a simple word and people try to draw, draw it and people have to try to guess what it is um, but Drawful2 yep. turned out to be more where you get like a, a pretty complex prompt. And at first I was like, what the hell, how am I going to portray this like three word prompt? Um, but then I realized that the reason why you're, you know, it gives you big complicated prompts is because it will actually put in like a fake prompt and then it will put in the, you know, what, what other people have guessed. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit, has a bit more depth, depth in that, uh, you're trying to fool people into thinking you know what you know what they were trying to draw, but it actually. Um...
1: Hey, shakes, you were there when I made who I got the prompt Raven or something along those lines, and I tried to draw Raven from Teen Titans Go, and it was a freaking mess. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- this is just this is what it reminds me of. That's the yeah. first thing it reminds me. Like that was complete trash. I still remember it. I got stuck at the legs because, you know, Raven has such good legs that you have to do it right. Yeah. So, but, so uh, with yeah,
3: um, was... Drawpool 2, it's sort of like you're trying to get people to pick your guess as well as try to guess yourself, um, which gives it a, a little bit more uh, sort of complexity to it than the uh, IO. Although I think I would rather IO anyway well,
0: Scribble AO also has the advantage of being free
3: yeah yeah um I think that's what I thought to 2 what actually was and that's what I was expecting it to be so I was a little bit disappointed that it was wasn't that but yeah like I, uh, I got it for three dollars when it AD was on special
0: game, uh only one person has to pay for it to own it and then that person hosts it and then any number of people can participate
3: yeah uh okay uh, and the, la- the last topic is, um, uh, I-, I don't know if we really need to bother, but them's fighting herds is just something I thought might be interesting to talk about. Uh, have you guys uh played them's fighting herds at all?
1: Yes, I saw it at a convention, I never actually played it itself. Yeah,
3: it's uh, it, it. it- they originally started as like a MLP fighter, but they got ceased and desisted by Hasbro. And um, yeah. then Lauren Fost actually volunteered to help them, you know, create the game with original characters. So they're, they're, this is like a re- game that's become really successful that started yeah. off as just trying to be a MLP fighting game. Um, and it's kind of impressive that instead of just giving up when they got ceased and desisted... Um, and the, the surprising fact that Lauren Frost actually helped them with the design. Um, it's just quite an interesting, uh, success story in the video game industry, I suppose. Uh, I haven't played it much myself, even though I own it, I haven't actually played it much. Uh, all I've done is just play a bit of the, uh, campaign that starts with the, uh, the Applejack ripoff character, um, with the rope, um that's all i've really played about it really but i just thought it was uh, yeah interesting uh success in the video game industry and they're still like bringing out dlcs and yeah i saw it in my recent updates which is why it kind of uh went into my mind to bring up today have you guys played it at all and have much to say about it
1: I yeah, I that played
0: it back when it know. was uh, Fighting as Magic. Um, I mained as Pinkie Pie, and then Paprika was the uh, analogy character based on her. Um, I tried playing as Paprika, and she did not play the same way that Pinkie Pie did. So when I tried playing competitively, I didn't do well. I guess I've um, changed,
3: changed a lot about how the characters actually function since it was uh, Fighting yeah. as Magic.
0: Yeah, and since it's like any Mortal Kombat game that's ever existed ever, and, you know, like the uh, so Smash Brothers games there where it's just like, hey, memorize this button combination to do a combo or whatever, and it's like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Spending less time memorizing a, a move combination, and then they changed it, so like, yeah. I played this game, and it was this combination, now it's a, this game, and now the combination is different, and like, all right, well, I didn't memorize it that way, so I'm not good at it anymore, and then that was when I stopped playing.
3: Yeah, one thing, um, like, Smash Bros. is one of my favourite games, and um, I did play a little bit of Nickelodeon All-Stars when it was um, free to play for, like, two days. Um, I gave that a go, and um, it, it, was, it was pretty interesting. I, like, I, I think it would be an enjoyable game, but I'm not willing to actually buy it. Uh, but, yeah, I tried out the story campaign of um, Nickelodeon All-Stars 2 for a little bit. And it looked like it could be competitive with uh Smash Bros. Um, I don't know. Only if only more people were willing to actually uh, make it popular. Um but anyway, oh, there, there's I mean, two main types
0: of a friendship is uh, fighting is magic a try because of the pony IP. Uh, yeah. but generally like I just I don't see I don't enjoy uh fighting games like i understand obviously this must be appeal to it because there's a ton of people who play it but like i just yeah. i don't see the appeal in you know, well th- i think Dominates, there's two so... very
3: different types of fighting games there's the street fighter and the mortal combat where you know you have to learn button combination combos and they're like different for every character and it's more like a more of like a memory memorization game where you remember how to do you know combos with different characters but what i like about games like smash bros and uh you know multiverses and nickelodeon all-stars is how you know all you got to do is like press a button and a direction and it does you know each of their moves and um it's more about learning you know timing and stuff and you know running around the battlefield and being at the right place than actually knowing how to do moves because everyone will know how to do each move it's just a you know direction and button so it's like really easy to get into but hard to master um and i, I just prefer that kind of fighting game compared to the you know ones where it, it's just whoever has practiced you know combos the most but yeah that's just my opinion that's why i like these sort of fighting games you know they like the platformer jumping around sort of ones more than the soul calibers and stuff okay yep
1: yeah, so i gotta say one thing that i do also really like at least as far as like the smash bros type of fighting games i don't really like the the uh street fighter type i don't know to me that one just got it was just never really my game yeah but one thing that i can say as far as the smash bros type is that like even even when i'm getting my ass beat in that kind of game you know continuing the fight there really is every once in a while especially because i play lucario and the more you get your ass beat the more damage you end up doing so for me, every once in a while, it's just eking out that freaking win is just umph. it's freaking like it's it's the cherry on the cake. So to me, those kind of games do give you that kind of cath- I, I guess it's catharsis. yeah I, cathartic it, I, I'm actually looking like, forward yeah. to multiverses. Oh, I,
3: actually... Um, I, I actually put some money into multiverses and I bought the first couple season passes, and I'm looking forward to that coming back um, because which is apparently in June or something, they've like shut the game the open beta of the game and they're planning on coming back. Um so yeah, I just thought I'd briefly mention those sort of games.
1: That's the uh, that's the one that has um it has like it a
3: lot of DC Hoop superheroes character. and it's got Rick and Morty and uh it's got um uh, quite a lot of other interesting yeah, it's got a lot of characters oh, from Warner the Bros. Scooby-Doo franchise as well.
1: I see, it's Warner Bros. Yeah. Yeah, it's got, yeah, like Adventure
3: things. Time. It's even got Game of Thrones characters. They're planning uh, on putting Gizmo. more. Yeah. It's just got some really interesting characters, like Bugs Bunny is fun to play as well. And, and Steven Universe. 100%. It's just got a lot of really cool uh, franchises in it. Okay, I'm su- okay. I'm
1: surprised Warner Bros. Oh, owns all this. They're putting a human up against Taz. That's animal abuse. No. <laughs>
3: Yeah, what what's oh, yeah. really cool about this game is that each character's got like a really unique uh, mechanic to them. Like uh, Velma, it, you know, she's like trying to solve a mystery while she's fighting, and she's like picking up clues. And you know, <laughs> when she solves the case, she gets a bonus and stuff.
1: Wasn't there a controversy in this game where Velma put LeBron in the back of a squad car and tossed it off the side of the road? And people well, yeah, like, that's oh, her. That's her super she attack. It, they changed it to the mystery van because of that reason yeah she, she yeah
3: she throws <laughs> someone into the you know to the uh scooby-doo mystery truck and uh and drives them off the edge that's right, like her right. superpower but
1: attack. i remember i remember initially there was a little bit of controversy because i think it was someone playing velma versus lebron and it yeah was yeah lebron james yeah lebron james is squad. in the
3: game yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so he's yeah, got his own
3: mechanics wild. that involve throwing a basketball at people you got Rick and Morty. Oh, it's just really interesting, I mean, creative I... characters. And their move, their moves are very creatively designed.
0: Well, I mean, if LeBron was throwing hatchets at people, that would be creative. But if LeBron is throwing basketballs, I feel like that's just going for the low-hanging fruit. I,
3: I saw this meme once where it had
1: like... You know um... He should, he should a, like, add revenue at people. That's what he should do. Because LeBron <laughs> isn't like freaking everything.
3: Yeah, I saw this meme where um, it had like the uh, the most dangerous, yeah, the most wanted people in the world, like as in criminal wanted or, you know, people most likely to cause World War III. And they had like Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump, um, people like that. And then they had LeBron James as the most dangerous person in the world. It was just some sort of meme that was kind of funny. I don't know if you've seen it going around. where they rank LeBron James as more dangerous than Kim Jong-un. Don't
1: remember that one.
3: And, and Xi Jinping,
1: I, I, I gotta <laughs> say, I do not remember that one. Yeah. I, I I'm not I sure like what the reasoning behind it
3: was. I just people. saw the meme. I didn't know the story behind why <laughs> anyway. So yeah. Uh, I plan on getting back into multiverses when it comes, cause I had a lot of fun with it when it was, uh, in the open beta.
1: Jesus Christ. I'm I just looked over at my YouTube feed and I see Absolute Unit. You know DWK's new project? Uh, Let's just say he's doing a special education involving a grapefruit and a peach. Okay.
3: So that's well, an interesting one, anyway, know. we've just hit two hours. So, um, unless you wanted to talk about Hell Diver some more shakes, no,
1: I'm good.
3: Or do something, maybe you would rather play it at this point. No.
1: All right. All right. Well,
3: well, anyway, I I it think it's like, a good time oh, to finish oh, yeah. the show here. So, um, thanks for coming, guys. And uh, I I guess you need to go spread democracy.
0: Have oh, a nice tall the, the, glass of liberty. Tea.
3: Yeah, the, the, the uh, Helldivers 2 universe is uh, dying while we're while you two are sitting here talking, so probably get back to it. Yeah, we're going to have to go and change that. <laughs> all right, thanks for coming, guys. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, watching the Mystery Gaming Bros listening. Um, I've created a YouTube channel specifically for Mystery Gaming Bros. I've got it on podcast apps of all kinds. If it's on a podcast app that you like to use and it's not there let me know and i'll probably uh get it up there it's just that some podcast apps require a bit more um yeah a bit more effort to put put my podcast onto them so yeah thanks for thanks for checking out the mystery gaming bros we'll see you next time see
0: you next week
3: yep oof Alright, we'll end with
0: oof. Put that cookie down. It's not good for you. What is good for you? It's the Mr. Gaming Brawls podcast. I like to listen to them while I'm lifting weights or governing California. Game
2: over.